To dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome in and thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Las Vegas and all of your VGK digital channels for another Nighttime at Noon. The Golden Knights just wrapping up a pretty long 45-minute practice. We'll keep you posted if any updates come from their media availability. But for now, I'm Ashley Weiss, joined by Dan Duva here in Studio 31. Dan, going to start with a, a hard-hitting statistic for you. Oh, hard-hitting. One in five people miss work the Monday after the Super Bowl. So One let me be five. the first to thank you for being here, because I don't think anyone wants to hear me talk by myself for an hour. No, well, neither of us are Eagles fans. So I think maybe the Eagles fan, I mean, you know, whether they win or lose in Philadelphia, they're climbing lampposts, aren't they? Isn't that what happens? In and that holding call is not going to help that. <laughs> <laughs> not going to help no, that. Was no. it holding? Was it not? Should yes. it have been called? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's holding. I mean, you know, it's. I think the officials, it takes some guts to make that call in a big moment. The players are supposed to have big moments. The officials should call it the way it should be called. And even after the game, the player who committed the foul and the head coach, both they took responsibility. Yeah, they exactly. took responsibility. Besides, you know, they turned the ball over. The special teams, they, they, they could have stopped that punt return. No, no. They've got plenty of other reasons <laughs> to, to have lost the Super yes. Bowl. Give credit to the Chiefs. Like Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, every completion, second half, <sighs> wild. Well, Mahomes, great Super Bowl. Little Birdie told me Aiden Hill, Vegas Golden Knights goaltender, took the Eagles. So we'll get his take on that, see if he agrees with you or if he has a different outlook. He'll be joining us here on the show later, yeah. Dan. That's going to be awesome. Uh, but what did you think of the big game, halftime performance? Yeah, uh, I mean, nobody is as good as Bruce Springsteen was about 12, 13 years I was years wondering ago. how long it was going to take to get a Springsteen <laughs> reference in. Well, I mean, what, what was the over-under on that? Two <laughs> minutes into the show, and he already got a Springsteen reference. Yeah, when Bruce Springsteen said to, you know, put the, the popcorn down and turn your TV up, we did exactly that at my buddy's apartment in Hoboken, New Jersey. I remember vividly. Yeah, it was a good, good show from Rihanna. I like the Umbrella song. I was glad that one. Classic. Yeah. How about Classic. you? you I, I thought she would either end with Umbrella, she took longer to, or like do it right off the hop. It yeah. kind of took longer to get to. What did she end with? Diamond. Did she diamonds end in with the sky, diamonds yeah. in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, and then she went physically up in, into the, to the sky. sky. I, yeah, that made me a little nervous. Yeah. For her, and, and, I can't and imagine. And she's pregnant now. Yeah. Right? And, and yep. so, <laughs> yeah, a little, little nervous about that. Oh, breaking hope she the baby. Okay. Right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Bad girl, Riri. They don't call her that for nothing, Dan. And then a twenty-nine minute halftime show. It was long. You wonder how much that affected Patrick Mahomes' ability to come back for the second half, given the obvious discomfort he was suffering at the end of the second quarter. Absolutely. Definitely benefited the Chiefs. Yeah, if it's a normal halftime length, maybe he doesn't come back as effectively. Who knows? I found it interesting to talk about the field conditions as well. I'm not sure if you caught that hit. Oh, yeah. You hear about ice conditions so much covering hockey. You spent $800,000 on grass. It ought to be good and yeah. not one of the problems. So, yeah, that's, that's no good. And, and, hey, the Stanley Cup final, you expect the ice to be at its very best. Pristine. The NHL has people for that. The NFL has people for that. And clearly they didn't do as well as they should. They say that they painted the grass, right? Because if you go to, like, a golf course in Arizona right now, they, like, a lot of places will paint the grass mm-hmm. to make it look like it's healthier when, in fact, uh, it's not. But it's a new type Desert of grass crops. and sod. Yeah, exactly. So they, uh, they tried, and it was, uh, it was not a hit. Well, we're not totally done with football today. <laughs> Touchdown from the Vegas Golden Knights yesterday. Yeah, yeah. William Carrier nails the extra point. What a performance. Yeah. When you think about where this team had been going into the break and struggling to put the gold. I mean, you know, the Islanders are a good defensive team, but you have 
you know, the, basically the only loss that the Knights have had this year. They give up, you know, the the shootout goal, so it ends up being a two to one loss. But it just seemed that they couldn't buy a goal. So close. We crossbars here, chances. You know, the power play wasn't getting a lot of chances, and they weren't scoring the chance they were. Now you get seventeen goals in three games. Only one out of those seventeen is an empty net goal, and they're all at even strength. No shorthanded goals, no power play goals in this stretch of of seventeen and three. And they're coming from up and down Everywhere. the lineup, right? That's like that is as significant as anything. And then you've got guys who hadn't been scoring chipping in. I mean, Stevenson, Smith, Eichel all break slumps. Marcheseau hasn't scored a goal, but he's still a factor. And then guys who had been out for a while, Howden misses two months, scores a goal, and has an assist the other day. Shea Theodore scores a goal, his first since returning from injury. Even Zach Whitecloud chipped in with an assist. So that, that those guys who'd been out return to the lineup and make an impact. And it's more than just the goals, but, it, but everybody feels good when they're involved on the score sheet. That was something Bruce Cassidy talked about early in the season. He felt like everyone was getting a piece of the pie, and it really helped in all of the players buying into his new systems because why wouldn't you when it's working out that way? Uh, A question for you. When you go back to when goals weren't being scored, the puck wasn't going in where it seemed like anyone on the Golden Knights leading into the All-Star break, how much have you seen change systematically, and how much is it just the ups and downs of a season, the floodgates opening and closing, how do you view yeah. what's changed yeah. here in these it's, last it's, few it's games? It's a good question because when the Knights won nine straight way back in the fall, Bruce Cassidy recognized that in the midst of a long winning streak, you're getting some breaks, and towards the end of the winning streak, the outcomes are not necessarily what you deserve. So the team might have won the nine in a row, but the last couple of games, maybe they were still getting the good bounces and they didn't deserve to win those games, but the winning streak continues. Same can be said for the end of a losing streak, where you're not getting the bounces, you're not getting what you deserve, you're still losing, even though you might have played better than that result. Seemed like that was the case. They could have won that game against the Devils. You know, that was a great game. Uh, They lose an overtime power play goal from Dougie Hamilton. They were so close. You know, an empty net goal could have changed things there. You know, that Rangers game was a good game. Islanders game, of course. Like It seemed that those three games, after the Arizona game, uh, they were in it. Those are all three teams that could be in the playoffs, certainly the Devils and the Rangers, that the Knights just couldn't quite get over the hump. And it maybe took the break to mentally reset, Again, we talk about the three players coming back. All of those things together, um, it, it, it just seemed like they were due to, to break out of the slump and offensively, and they did. And, um, and they've also had good goaltending in this stretch of, of three games as well. Uh, that's part of it, and I'm sure we'll talk about it with Aiden Hill coming up. Yeah. And then, of course, Logan Thompson being out for a week-to-week and Lauren Brossois uh, coming up to be the backup. First time that we've seen Lauren Brossois in a Golden Knights uniform since last March. And he has a fantastic attitude coming yeah. in. I did not that I didn't expect him to have a good attitude, but it's not a good, it's not a fun situation for a goaltender who's played at the NHL level, 106 games at this level. Uh, he came here to be an NHL goaltender. Um, I don't want to call it bad luck on his part, but you go down for the conditioning stint. Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill are doing so well up here, but he comes back and not only feels, in a lot of ways he feels like he's better than he's been in years. He says that he has more mobility than he's had because he had been putting off that 
kind of surgery because he was only signing one- and two-year deals. And when that's the case, you can't just decide, oh, I'm going to undergo surgery and take all this time off. Said he couldn't even do the splits before. Now he has all that mobility. But what stood out the most is he said he kind of has found joy in the game again yeah. since he's been playing in Henderson. And it's I feel like that's something that really can also rub off on the, the locker room, just that attitude and that energy that comes with someone who just loves the game. And think about it. Bruce Wise has been around a long time. While he is not yet turned 30, he'll turn 30 in March. He was drafted in 2011. That's a long time ago. It's 12 years ago. So the the climb through the pro ranks, the American League, and in a lot of cases you feel, though, as though when you make it to the NHL, you're in the NHL to stay. And, you know, goaltending can be a fickle business. There are only two on a team. Somebody comes up, takes the spot. Just look at what happened in Pittsburgh five years ago with Matt Murray, Marc-Andre Fleury, and so on and so on. And Lauren Brossois has not really been the number one guy um, at any point in the NHL, had been with the Oilers, and his last year with Edmonton was the first year of the Golden Knights and then had been with Winnipeg for a few years and then, of course, comes to Vegas. I'm curious about the opportunity for Lauren Brossois when he does get to play at this level given what has happened in the American League. And you talk about he's played, now if you look at his American League numbers this year for Brossois, they're not great. He's played 23 games, 8, 11, and 3, 272 goals against average, 909 save percentage. Okay, so that's not special, but um, if, and you, you, I think people expect that for like a forward, you expect a forward to dominate in the American League, put up gaudy numbers, and that means that guy is ready for the NHL. Goaltending, you can't look at just the numbers that I just mentioned and look at that only as an indication of whether a guy is where you want him to be, ready for the NHL. It's just a different world. And depending on what happens in front of you, and people have said this, coaches, players alike, the American League and the NHL, Uh, Most guys who are in the American League could come up to the NHL and be an effective guy for one game. It's a matter of consistency, and it's a matter of um, things happening as you expect. In the American League, a lot of passes don't connect. A lot of things you just have to make up as you go. Um, And that can be a challenge for a goaltender, whereas in the NHL, things pretty much go the way you expect, and it's a matter of you know, waiting for the other team to make a mistake. It doesn't happen very often in the NHL. Anyhow, I think that you don't want to read too much in Brossois' American League numbers. Uh, you do look at, you say, the joy in going to the American League, finding the joy in the game. He thought he would be miserable because he hasn't been an American League goaltender in five years. But given the situation, he's healthy. He can play. And that was in doubt, you know, just about, you know, eight, nine months ago when he was injured. You see what's happening with the Golden Knights organization. Anytime you're going to have any sort of a surgery or miss time because of injury, how do you come back from it? And there was a great appreciation. And just, you know, separate situation, but Zach Whitecloud was our pregame show guest on the radio yesterday. And he suffered the injury a couple of months ago, and he was just, uh, just exuding this appreciation for the game. You just never know. And I said to him, like, ask your head coach about lower body injuries. Basically yeah. curtailed Bruce Cassidy's pro career. You never know. Medicine's better now than it was, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. But, you know, Zach was just so appreciative of the opportunity to be healthy again. He was targeting the return for the dad's trip because he wanted to play in front of his dad. His dad had not been 
Um, you know, Zach wasn't in the NHL, so Zach had not been on any of the previous dad's trips. Like, that's a real appreciation, and it seems it's the same for Brossois. And I thought that what you said about that, that joy for the game, that's as big as anything, and that's, that's contagious, too. It is. You mentioned Alec Martinez is another guy who has talked over the last year, really, yeah. since he returned from uh, his injury last season that kept him out for so long. And you're talking about a veteran guy who's been around for so long and experienced so much, and he's talking about how his perspective has changed in the game. And any day you can put on NHL uniforms, a great day. Uh, isn't it crazy, though, how conversations change so much in just a week's time? <laughs> this show last week was so much different. Now, the sky I should is say falling. you do, and on all the goaltending conversation, you do hope that Logan Thompson's able yeah. to return sooner rather than later. Uh, of course, wishing him a, a speedy recovery. You don't want to see that happen to anybody ever. But uh, even just the, you know, things seemed a little bit more gloom and doom. You didn't know how the Golden Knights were going to come out of the break. Um, they ought to be happy with the way they did, though, huh? Yeah, I mean, considering that the Knights are without their captain, Mark Stone, indefinitely, another back surgery. Apparently has gone well. We don't have a timetable for his return. Bruce Cassidy seemed to indicate the longer that the Knights play, the higher likelihood that Mark might return. Um, Bruce also said that he expects, for sure, Logan Thompson to return this season. Week to week was the official announcement, but then when asked, uh, do you expect him to play again this season, Bruce was very confident that yes was the answer. There's only eight weeks left, by the way. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> right? you know, yeah. There's uh, 29 games to go now. I mean, crazy. So... With those two key positions uh, as question marks, the fact that the Knights have responded the way that they have, um, and while you, of course, would want a healthy Logan Thompson and a healthy Mark Stone, the forward group is balanced now. Look at what, what Mike Amadio is doing mm-hmm. there in what you might consider that spot uh, with Carlson and Smith. And then on the goaltending side, Aiden Hill is having his best NHL season, and lo and behold, here's Lauren Brossois, an experienced NHL goalie who was the Knights' number two last year anyhow and had a good season. What more could you ask for given those challenges? They've won, and they've won convincingly. So it is, I think, uh, we, we've kind of t- not quite talked about it yet, but the, um, specifically, but the return of Theodore and White Cloud, that you've got the six defensemen with whom you started the season. Now that group is together. I mean, that, I think, allows you to feel or sustain those injury absences more so because for the first time in a while, that group, which has had everybody out except for McNabb, Haig missed the first game of the season. But Martinez, of course, missed time. Petrangelo for personal reasons. Theodore and White Cloud, significant time away because of injury. Now that group is together. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Knights have played some of their very best hockey with those six guys back together over the last three games. And... Theodore and White Cloud, you know, they had this bye week in the middle of their returns, and Shea told us this was the worst possible time for a bye week for him. He'd come back, played two, then you're off for 10 days. But here they are, and they're only going to get better. So I picked up where he's left off. Yeah. And you said, what more can you ask for? I have a feeling some people are going to be asking for some things tomorrow. It's Valentine's Day. You're welcome for anyone who's so (laughs) caught up in Super Bowl (laughs) Sunday that you forgot about Valentine's Day. Including Patrick Mahomes, apparently. I have a great idea for everyone needing something, though. You do. The Foley Food and Wine Society, Dan. It was created wow. to celebrate three of Bill and Carol Foley's greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and magnificent travel destinations. Members of the society will have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the world and have the exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek experiences for the finer things in life. 
Join for free today by visiting FoleyFoodAndWineSociety.com and just buy yourself some Foley family wine to enjoy on Valentine's Day. That's great. I, 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 that is an all-time segue right there. I was, I was not anticipating that. That's, that's what I'm here for. We're going to break on that note. That was smooth. We're, we're going to break on that note. We'll be right back. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Puck squirts up top, Theodore. Couple of shuffles and a shot. Save. Rebound loose. Sprawling in the crease, Gibson. How did he keep it out? Now another try. Score! Amadio pulls it out, sets up Shea Theodore. The Knights lead 3-1. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas and all your VGK digital channels. That was this guy right here that's shorting me now, Dan Duva, <laughs> on the call of Shea Theodore's game-winning goal yesterday afternoon's 7-2 win over the Anaheim Ducks. Dan, you told me there was a very – what's the word I'm even looking for? Intricate theory, mm-hmm, philosophy, mm-hmm. very philosophical. Yeah, what well- it's conversation funny. being had about Shea Theodore's goal against the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> Clearly, uh, it's it's not over my head, but I'm sounding like it's over my head. So I'm going to let you. Well, it was it over my head. Too. <laughs> you know, so the, what we're talking about is the butterfly effect. Okay, so let me dial it back here. In the midst, that's of, a movie, I believe. It is a movie okay. from 2004, but it's an that. effect that's you know it's a chaos theory that's that's decades old. I didn't really know about this until I looked into it. We were talking about it. It's sort of a trickle down effect. And it was a conversation that we were having off the air with Gary Lawless the other day. And, you know, for example, Mo Lewis, New York Jets linebacker, hits quarterback of the Patriots, Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe goes out, in comes Tom Brady. And Tom has this incredible career, probably the best in in NFL history. And so, what if that hit never happens? Does Tom Brady become Tom Brady? That's the butterfly effect, a little thing that affects. So we were talking about in the context of yesterday's game, what if the Golden Knights never came along and Shea Theodore stays with the Ducks? He had been in the American League, had been with Dallas Eakins, loved him. You know, what is Shea's career like? And then Shea scores the goal, and then on the if that clip had run a little bit longer, I said, no butterflies on that one. And then Gary said, once he was a caterpillar, now he's a monarch. And and so it was a funny thing like to do. Like poetry, the right. two of you. <laughs> Dan Duvick, Gary Something Wallace, like, like that. Po- poetic. But, it, but the, the little things that yep. affect us, and in the moment it might not seem like a big deal, but uh, as I have since learned, that the, the butterfly effect is actually, in chaos theory, it's in line with predicting tornadoes and how a slight effect in the wind, a little thing, can affect the direction a tornado goes. It's like a ripple in the pond kind of thing. So it was just very interesting, and, and I think we've out-talked the topic, but that's where we were. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, actually, because isn't it, inc- isn't it like kind of the whole, if the Golden Knights didn't exist, the whole misfits yeah, no, I mean, how many different players' Velocity careers? doesn't exist, yes. Yeah, how many, how many takes you back to different one. people might not be in the situation they're in without the Golden Knights coming along the way that they did? You know, you could go down the list of players from that first year or even players like our next guest, Aiden Hill, who will be here to talk about joining his third organization, and now here he is as, at the moment, the Knights' number one goalie. Look at you with the segue this time. We're going to Not take a break on that note. When we come back, Aiden Hill is with us. You don't want to miss it. Stick around. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Zegras finds it in his skates, taps it out. It's a breakaway chance. Strong behind the D. Shoots. Saved by Hill. Down with the pads. Stopping Ryan Strom on the one-on-none breakaway. 
And he's with us now. Aiden, no pressure, but what did you think of the call? On that, on that <laughs> sounded save? pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> sounded clean better than I could Not do. as good as the save, let me tell you that. <laughs> that was I mean, that, that was turning point of the game. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, anytime you get a chance like that, it's always nice to make that save. And uh, then, yeah, we went ahead and put five more goals in the net that period, so it turned out pretty well. All right, so what I want to know, I mean, you had a couple of games ago, you saw four shots in the first period, two shots in the second period, and I suppose it's more likely that you're going to win a game when you're not seeing a lot of shots. It's just the law of averages versus the competitor in you that wants the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a moment. Like, So which do you prefer? I prefer the moment. Yeah. I don't know. Like oh, uh, <laughs> I've always thought, I don't know, it's almost easier in a way to play like a 40-shot game than a 20-shot yeah. game, I find. Like, sure, you're getting more work and there might be more chances, but I just feel like you're kind of more involved in the game and, I don't know, you get in like a rhythm. You have found your way around that, though, a few times these last few games. Yeah. You'll go two periods and only face six shots or yeah. or whatever. How are you staying mentally engaged? Uh, you know, our team has been doing a great job playing in front of me, so uh, it's just sticking with it. I mean, even if teams aren't getting shots, sometimes they're throwing pucks by the net, and I'm still moving around. So uh, I've been able to stay warm and stay focused, and, uh, yeah, it's just keeping your mind off any other things. Yeah, so you never want to see a teammate go down with an injury, mm-hmm. but that's the reality right now. You've not been really in this situation as a team's number one goalie. Now that that is the situation, how do you approach it? Uh, just the same way I have been all year. I think I don't need to change anything. Don't need to overcomplicate anything. So just keep working hard in practice and working hard in the gym. And, uh, yeah, prepare the same way I have been for games. Nothing and changes. The number of games. And last year you made 22 starts for the Sharks. We know that there were injuries in there as well. But, I mean, you're going to play more than that this year. You're, you're just about there now. What is that workload like now that you're likely to play uh, several games more than you might have? Yeah, no, I'm excited for it. I mean, obviously, it's tough to see LT go down like that. But, uh, I mean, I'll never say no to getting in the net, right? So uh, <laughs> it's fun. I find you almost get more in a rhythm when you're playing two or three games a week versus playing one every 10 days or so. It's kind of hard to find that rhythm sometimes. When's the last time that you were in that rhythm where you played a number of games in a row so that you could be in a rhythm that you'd like to have? Yeah, last year in San Jose at the start, I uh, kind of had the number one job for a bit. Then me and Reimer started splitting, and then I got hurt. So I think I was at about 50% of the games there when I went down. But, uh, yeah, no, it's exciting. I'm just excited to get into it, and, uh, yeah, I'm ready for Thursday already. I mean, th- this is I- – I don't want to overplay, but I also don't want to underplay it either. I mean, this is a big moment for you. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I I like to kind of have the spotlight on me in a way, right? I'm not a big, like, showtime guy or anything, but I like pressure. I like the feeling of kind of having a team on your back. And uh, you know what? We're in a good spot right now, first in the division, and uh, hopefully we finish the year there. Where does that come from, that that desire for the spotlight? I think it's everyone. I mean, if you play in the NHL, you kind of have to want it, right? So uh, you grow up just being hyper-competitive, and I think that's all it is, whether I'm playing a game of pool or anything, right? You're hyper-competitive. I'll do anything I can to not lose. Outside of uh, sorry, actually, yeah, outside nope. of uh, outside of hockey, what else are you most hyper competitive at? Uh, I'd say right now golf. Golf, so, uh-huh. yeah. Me and uh, I have one good buddy back home, and uh, me and him got a membership at the same course, so we are very similar golfers in a way. We have different styles to how we play for sure, but uh, we're very similar handicaps, and both of us improved our handicaps by about four or five this summer, just battling against each other right every day. So. Uh, no, it's fun and uh, brings up the best in you. Okay, so what is your current handicap and what is your style? Are you are you a bomb it yeah. deep guy? If, if are I you a good keep... short game guy? What, what's the? I hit it long, but uh, if I can keep it straight, I have a good round. That's about <laughs> it. If I can get off the tee pretty straight. My short game is all right. I could use some improvement there, but right now my handicap's at about an 8. So start of the summer, I was at about 14. 
So I improved it by quite a bit, and yeah, I'm still working on it. I heard you got to play with Dave and Shane a little bit earlier in the fall. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. It was my uh, first round out here. He played with Smitty. So, uh, no, that was a fun round. That day I did not keep it straight. So it was <laughs> <laughs> What kind of a golfer is Dave? Uh, Dave? Slice it in the woods kind of guy? No, he was pretty good. He yeah. kept it in the fairway for the most part. He was good on the greens. I liked his game. Well, and, and this was, I suppose, between shoulder injuries for Shane. So how was he? Yeah, no, I thought everyone was actually doing pretty well. I think I might have been the worst golfer that day. Wow. So back nine, Don't I, say that. Don't. <laughs> we don't need to be pumping any tires No, the, the back nine, I picked it up a bit, but uh, I was struggling to get off the tee to start. So it was my first round with new clubs, so I'm going to use that excuse. See, but back nine yeah. gamer. Yeah. Yeah. gamer. Yeah, that's right. Real gamers pick it up on the back. My back nine is normally better. So. You know who you got to play with is Ashley. Yeah. Uh, now, I play? have not yet had the honor, I can but Ashley not is... Well. But I can hang. Yeah. I can hang. Yeah. Well, you've you've got background. You're underplaying it. I can hang. Have I played you, growing you play, up. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you have a good now, No, I'm like, I played last week and shot like a 94. I'm not good. Don't, Pretty good. Don't Better than I could 94? <laughs> not bad. <laughs> I, I haven't played since the summer. I, yeah, I, I think I don't, I don't think I've played since September. And uh, I don't think I would. I mean, it depends on the course, I suppose. I yeah. could, on a par three, I could do a ninety-four. <laughs> yeah. you know, rewind, actually. I think that one of the first things you did with the team was the charity golf tournament. Yeah, correct? yeah, that's right. Is, yeah. is that kind of weird? Like, that's a fun event, but it's kind of weird. Like, you're walking in, not really knowing anyone, and here you are at a like it, yeah. that kind of event. Yeah, no, it was fun. I had a good time. I mean, uh, the group I was with was awesome. We had a good time. Uh, yeah, hit a few long shots that day and uh, tried to win. He had that long drive guy there, and I actually outdrove him, so that was cool. Wow. But, yeah. Wow. That was my one straight one I hit that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one but, that matters. Yeah. While we're talking about other sports, uh, should they have called holding yesterday or not? I think that that wasn't a hold. I also had a little bit of money on the Eagles. <laughs> so. That's what I heard. I heard that might be the case. So I thought but, you might have a different answer than this I don't know, guy over from, here. From I what I saw, it looked like his hand was open. Right, like his hand went on his back there for a second, and I thought, I don't know how you can hold anything with your hand open. If your hand's closed, you can hold stuff, but with your hand open, I don't know. But uh, it was a big call in the game, and I would have liked to see the Eagles have a little more time to try and march down and tie it up. Because yeah. if that wasn't, or they a hold, could have right? defended the Chiefs' punt return a little bit better. They or also the quarterback done should that. not have turned it over the way that. What did. about that uh, Devonta Smith catch or no catch in the first half? What did you think of that? Yeah, yeah, I I'm with you on that. Okay, because he yeah. gets two feet, he has the ball, his yeah. knee hits the ground, I, and then he loses contact. I want to see play. Like that get rewarded, yeah, with exactly. a catch. Yeah. Like, I, like I think it's an incredible play. You know, if you're playing in the backyard, yeah. I want that to count. Yeah, I, I, yeah. it just it's it's fair. I, what I, yeah. is a catch? It like yeah, that's nobody the problem. knows. Yeah. That's so problem. so maybe you can answer this question because everybody's comparing this. Do we have a better handle on what is a catch in the NFL or what is goaltender interference in the NHL? No, we don't. Either? <laughs> just no? I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I think they might toss a coin. I'm not sure. Oh. Some, some, I don't know. I've seen somewhere it's like, okay, that looks like goal interference, right? And then it ends up counting. And I'm like, well, the goalie couldn't kind of do his job there. He was inside the crease. The guy kind of came in. But then sometimes there is uh, variables, like a D-man pushing the guy in where the guy couldn't get out of the way and stuff. So, I mean, I think they do the best job they can. It's just every play is so unique and different. It's it's hard. I would agree. And now yeah. it's even harder. You know, if you've got the officials in the moment. They're trying yeah. to make the call the best that they can, as you say. And of course, and you're always going to side with your team. <laughs> right? You're always going to be a little biased. I, I like I, so. I might have been a little biased yeah. with the Eagles yesterday. Right. But yeah. Well, I'm a New York Jets fan, and, and there's been nothing to celebrate in, you know, 53 well, years. I'm a, I'm a Bears fan, so <laughs> yeah, I right. feel you there. There you go. Yeah, there <laughs> I you almost, go. it was hard cheering for the Eagles, to be honest. Yeah. 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 No, I can never do 
bring myself to do that. Well, lesson Sorry, learned. You, know? you lost, so now yeah. you won't ever do it again. Yeah, no, I lesson won't. <laughs> I, it was kind of pick your poison for me in that game. Thoughts on the halftime show? Uh, fan, not a fan? Where we were, we actually couldn't really hear it too well, uh, but it looked good. I would probably watch it on YouTube again later today or something, but it looked like a good show. Who would you, if you could pick any artist, want to see Super Bowl halftime show? Uh, or maybe it's someone who's one. already done it that stands I think, like, up. Billy Joel would be cool. Did you say Billy, Billy Joel? Yeah. He said Billy Joel. Uh-oh. That'd be cool. Well, I, I love Billy <laughs> Joel. You know that there, 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 are only, <laughs> there are only a couple of people who have ever performed the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl more than once, and Billy Joel is one of the people. Yeah, yeah. Why Billy Joel? Oh, I think my, my parents love him a lot, so I just like, kind of grew up listening to his music. So, yeah, I just thought it would be cool. The Piano Man. Do you have a song or two that you'd want to hear? Yeah, Super Piano Man would be the piano one man? for sure for me. Yeah. But, if he doesn't yeah. play Piano Man at the Well, Super Bowl, he's probably open with it, I would think. Yeah. 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 I feel like Vienna's a dark horse. Vienna, but great. That's gotta be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am so impressed with both of you. This great is great. <laughs> I'm scoring some points with Dave and Shane because I never know who sings anything. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's great. Vienna is great. I mean, I'm not sure if Vienna would be a great song for the Super Bowl, but it's an all-time great, great song. It's inspirational. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the same pace, but uh, only the good Die Young would have to be in there. That's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You have the gala tonight. Yeah. Are you a big fashion guy? Uh, I like it, yeah. Like yeah, it? I got some colorful suits. You picked out the suit for the night? Uh, well, we're wearing Jordans, oh, which I will really? say I don't own one pair of Jordans now at the do. moment. So, really? yeah, now I do, and they're gold and black. Wow. So I don't really, I don't know, I'm thinking maybe just a black suit because it's kind of hard with white, gold, and black shoes. If I could wear whatever I want, I don't know, I'd go a little flashier. But, yeah, I don't really know how else to do that. Where does fashion come into a hockey player's experience like watch guys young kids here you know watching you guys practice mm-hmm. you got their 12 years old and they're wearing their team track suits and then at some point you graduate to guys start wearing suits when does that happen and what's that like for kids to start to become more fashionable and get into wearing a suit yeah for me uh my first year was peewee i started playing peewee uh i was playing minor hockey in okotoks and it was yeah you got to wear I think we were full suits. So, uh, yeah, in Peewee, I started wearing a full suit to every game. Spring hockey was a little more relaxed. You could wear a track suit or whatever. But, yeah, you just kind of start young, and then uh, your parents go to, I don't know, what would the store be here, Macy's or something, buy you a suit that fits. And, uh, yeah, you show up every game with it, rotate a few ties and a few shirts, and there you go. (laughs) I was telling the story to our our friends behind the scenes right before uh, game two of the conference final five years ago. My brother and his wife were getting married to fly from New York to Winnipeg. They lost my suitcase in Montreal. I had to go to Hudson's Bay to pick out a whole new outfit wow. for the start of the conference final. I mean, you know, I'm no Shane Knighty, but I try to dress reasonably well, and yeah. that, was, that was an adventure. So, I, like, is there a most fashionable guy on the team? Like, is there, a, like, a debate among those things for the guys? Uh, I don't know if we really debate it. There's a few guys that definitely dress a little bit better. I mean, I think Carlos is up there for sure. Like, just being Swedish, those guys seem to have a... They know what's natural. going on. Yeah, yeah, it's natural for no them. No joke, they don't I track. bought in that Hudson's Bay store that day, yeah. I bought a Swedish-made jacket for that Okay. Was I it Tiger of Sweden? Yeah, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I know but a lot of the Swedish, Swedish guys wear that. Brand, it was a but, Swedish yeah. made jacket. I remember yeah. saying, like, oh, well, this, I got to get this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come fair on. enough. Yeah, they know <laughs> what they're doing over there. We can't let you go without asking who the worst dressed is, though. Like, if we're going down this path. That's like, that's putting me in a tough spot. You know, okay, you don't have to. So, some guys are very happy to just throw someone right under the bus in these kind of questions. There's one guy I could throw under the bus here, I guess. Probably Paul Cotter. <laughs> 
And then at like <laughs> our, like he's fair game for anyone our, for anything. Yeah. But at our gold carpet, everybody gave him props for that buck or that fedora. Yeah, the fedora, the fedora. he was wearing. It was awful. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> didn't match his suit. Didn't match anything. So yeah, no, he was wearing like four different colors that day. Yeah, kind of got to go make together. A statement, a you got to do it properly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. do you think yeah. he's rolling up in the fedora tonight? I hope not. Oh. Fedora and Jordans. Wouldn't fedora. that be? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Uh, hey, how was Dad's trip? Oh, uh, it was awesome. Yeah, no, it was great having my dad in town. I mean, I when you look at it, like how many sacrifices all of our parents make for us to be where we are today, it's uh, pretty special to share that with them. And I know he loved it and had a great time. Yeah. Did he have a favorite memory, you think, that stood out? Uh, I'm going to guess probably just hanging out with the dads. I know he got to know a few of the dads well. I had a couple of drinks at the hotel bar with a few of them after we went to bed. So, uh, no, it's <laughs> good for him. And, uh yeah, I think he'll just remember the whole trip, like everything from going on the jet that we take, getting food on the jet, going to the dinners. I mean, I think he had a great time and a good experience. And, uh, yeah, he's already looking forward to next year. Any mementos? Uh, he got – all the dads got that gold jersey. And, uh, yeah, we got it signed by everyone on the team. So he has that, and you know, I know he's already looking at frames for it. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so um, it was game 54 yesterday. Does it yeah. feel like we're that late in the season? We just had the All-Star break. I mean – a lot fewer games to go than games behind. Yeah, no, I find it exciting. I mean, we're in first in the Pacific right now. I've never been in this spot in the NHL, so I'm excited and uh, looking forward to it. But it is flying by. It's kind of crazy how you're at game 20 and then a blink of the eye, then you're at 50. So uh, it moves quick, but uh, hopefully it keeps moving quick, and then we'll be playing the playoffs. You talk about not uh, being in this position before in the NHL. In this stretch, how much do you, as a goalie, how much are you looking at the standings and looking at the significance of games going in, or are you trying to treat every game the same? Uh, I just treat every game the same. I mean, you look at it no matter who you're playing at the end of the night, whether they're at the top of the division or the bottom or in your division or not. It doesn't really matter. It's just if you go and get those two points, the rest will take care of itself and uh, stack up the wins and you'll stand first. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. It's yeah. exciting times. I mean, it's, I mean, right now there's a three-way tie for second place in the Pacific Division. I didn't know that, so I'm not watching that. <laughs> I, mean, I know it's tight. I know it, it's tight. It, it is tight. I mean, the It'll Oilers have Thursday, jumped so. up. I mean, Seattle, of course, in its second season, they've found a way to yeah. hang in there. The, the Kings, it's weird because of the games played, so it's hard to get an exact sense yeah. of where everybody is. But, you know, I mean, this is year six for the Golden Knights. They'd made the playoffs, of course, in, in four out of the first five. I mean, this is this is as tight as a, a logjam as there has been. And as a sports fan, I mean, listen, you guys want to win it. Just as a sports fan, to sort of embrace the competitiveness here. I mean, there are, yeah. there are teams that are, you know, like maybe the Ducks last night that we know are not going to be in the playoffs. But there are a lot of teams still in the hunt and obviously very much in the hunt for the division championship. Yeah, no, I guess in our division you'd say there's five, right? So it's... It's tight, and it's kind of cool where, like, at the start of the week versus the end of the week, you have a team in fourth now in second or first or whatever. It can change, so it puts a lot of meaning to a lot of the games, and I think we have a lot of division games left, so uh, there'll be big games. Yeah, and uh, even some of the non-division games. Yeah. Tampa Bay is coming to town. Uh, not to overlook the Sharks on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. That's the next game, but you know we, there have been some really exciting games between the Knights and the Lightning for good reason. Of course, both teams have been in the Stanley Cup final over the last five, six years, Tampa winning a couple of them. I mean, you go up and you see Andre Vasilevsky across the way and some other really great goalies in this league, but that guy's got two cup rings. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's a special goalie. I'd say you can't have a conversation with the best goalie in the world without him in it. So, uh, yeah, he's a special talent. He always finds a way to keep the team in the game. And, 
yeah, it's cool to watch. I mean, I've learned just from watching him. He's uh, pretty impressive, and yeah, they got a pretty good roster over there too. From which goalie do you think you've learned the most just by watching? Uh, I think I learned a lot kind of from watching Pekka Rene. I mean, I think just the way he kind of handles a puck, how he uses his glove, and just kind of, I feel like we kind of have similar size, so... I feel like I learned a lot just from watching his game, but I mean, any goalie you can watch and just kind of pick apart their game and kind of see what they do well. How many Sean Burke clips have you watched? I uh, definitely, I don't know if I've actually watched any since I've been in Vegas, ah, but uh-huh. growing up I watched. So, so. so you have a relationship there that predates the time with the Golden Knights. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, no, uh, his son played with me in Portland, so uh, he would fly in and I got to meet him a few times and then... Uh, in Arizona, I met him a few times in Scottsdale. He worked with Hockey Canada a bit. So, uh, yeah, me and Berkey have ran to each other a few times over the years. And, yeah, he's an awesome guy. I love him. And learned a couple of things from him, especially now working with him for the last several months, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, been exciting. I think we gel together well, and uh, we have a good relationship. Yeah. What is he like? Yeah, like? We know how he is. He's as friendly as can be, but, you yeah. know, for, for fans and stuff that don't get to hear from Sean Burke, like, what do you guys bond about outside of hockey, and what's it like to work with a guy? It seems like every day is just he's having his best day. Yeah, no, it's awesome when we do video. It's just, it's pretty, I don't know, a lot of criticism, kind of like trying to point out little details because anything you can do at the end of the day and kind of focus on to work on the next couple practices to implement it into your game, it always helps. So he's good with that stuff, but then he's also good on just the life side of things, right? Like, how's your day? What did you have for dinner last night? And we like, I don't know, just little gossip that you kind of have with your best friend. So uh, we do that all the time, and yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, Aiden? Thanks yep. for stopping by. I am thoroughly looking forward to see how you match the tie to the Jordans. Yeah. Uh, we'll see <laughs> if you don't that. wear a tie, whatever, whatever you do, yeah. we're, we're looking forward to it. Sounds we're good. looking forward to yeah. it. Thanks for Thanks stopping it. by. Okay. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. Enjoy your afternoon. And for now, we are going to take a break. We'll be right back. Nighttime at noon, Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Welcome back to Nighttime at Noon for some more Vegas Golden Knights talk. But first, the Vegas Nighthawks return for the second season beginning in March. Become part of the Nighthawks family and don't miss out on the action. Go to nighthawksfootball.com to secure your seats for next season. Full season memberships start at just $15 per ticket per game at the Dollar Loan Center located in Henderson. Visit nighthawksfootball.com. For more information, welcome back inside Studio 31. Once again, Ashley Vice joined by Dan Duva. Goaltender Aiden Hill just joined us uh, for quite some time. We took up a, a good 20 minutes, and he was fantastic. Um, but, Dan, we're talking to him about the dad's trip a little bit. You've been part of several. I'm curious, uh, your favorite memory or moment that you witnessed or took away from this past dad's trip for the Golden Knights? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the, the dad's trip is always neat because, you know, we see the athletes as these um, incredibly accomplished professionals. But when they're around their dads, you kind of remember that they were all little boys once. Yep. And they're playing a boys game. And they're getting paid handsomely for it. But when they're around their dads, you kind of remember, like, at one point they were all five years old, putting on skates for the first time, trying to figure out, you know, how to stop a shot, how to score a goal. And, you know, each of them at one point fell down while trying to learn how to skate. And when their dads are around, you kind of remember all that stuff. It humbles them in my point of view. But I, I would imagine it humbles the players too you remember your you yeah. remember your roots more so and then to see the dads you know i asked will carrier on our radio pregame show in um i think we were in minnesota you know what do you think your dad would say is the best part and will said seeing me score a goal 
you know, Will at that point had a five-game scoring streak yeah. and just scored. And then so I asked his dad, Andre, who had been part of now four out of five of these dad's trips, plus one when Will was with the Buffalo Sabres. And I, I told Andre Carrier that that's what Will had said. And he laughed, as he always does, agreed, but then said, but it's about a lot more than that. Aww. And you knew exactly what yeah. he meant. And I remember chatting with uh, with Andre Carrier when we were in San Jose, which was in December of 2019. And, you know, the, the vibe that you get from each of these dads, while it's cool to see, you know, the lifestyle, what they go through, what it's like on the plane, the hotel, the dinners, you know, the arena, the getting ready, all that stuff. And the special events, the curling this year, visiting wine country a couple of years ago, you know, but it all boils down to these dads are just beaming with pride and they get to sort of bask in this experience with their sons for at least a few days. And then they get to talk with other dads who have a similar experience because, you know, not everybody has grown up around other NHL people. You know, there are some, you know, uh, there are hockey families like the Kachucks, for example, yeah. you know, two boys in the NHL. Their dad played in the NHL, extended families. We've saw, you know, Patrick Brown here, his extended hockey family, the Primo, as you go down the list. But for a lot of these dads, you know, they were just a hockey dad like anybody yeah. else. And the dream of their son playing in the NHL was as unlikely as anybody else. And so they don't know too many other dads of NHL players. So when you think about all those things, it really is pretty special to see. It's funny, too, the differences. Will Carrier said that he and his dad have a rule, no talking about hockey ever since he was 15 <laughs> playing junior. I don't know if it was a blow-up. I don't know what led to it, but he just said, I don't, we're not talking about hockey away yeah. from the rink. Uh, he said even when he goes home for dinner, he's not talking about hockey. He leaves the rink, leaves it behind. But then you have Jack Eichel who says he and Bob Eichel talk hockey almost all the time. So it's funny to see how those different relationships and dynamics are, uh, yet their sons make it to the National Hockey League. It's just funny because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, a lot of youth sports parents think there's a, a right or wrong way to do it, and it's just a reminder that it's individual to each. Uh, it's funny. But uh, they definitely seem to have given the team some, moment, some momentum, whether it was the break, whether it was them, who knows, but uh, it definitely paints a good picture in the standings. For the Golden Knights, uh, standings that are tight, but a lot better than it could have been had they stumbled out of the break the way things were trending going into it. And it's not automatic. Gary Lawless pointed it out yesterday on the radio. The Ducks' dad's trip was their last couple of games. Lose against the Pittsburgh Penguins. 6-2, 6-2, to two, and then lose to the yeah, Golden Knights 7-2. That was 6-3, excuse me, against Pittsburgh. So it's not an automatic thing. It has been for the Knights, and only one loss in all of the dads' trip games. And by the way, several of the dads came before they went on the road, but also stuck around they for these games after. Yesterday. A lot of them yep. are still around, so, uh, so we'll see how that goes. But, you know, we talked about this off the top of the show, Ashley, the way that the Knights could not score going into the break. They're getting some people back. A couple more injuries, but... You know, kind of stepping away, 10 days off, come back, you put up the five goals. They've now scored the first goal of a game two in a row. They've had a lead after the first period, all three. Like, that was a big problem over the previous month, and it's a lot of what the Knights did do successfully in the first month of the season, including that nine-game winning streak. Last year at the All-Star break, the Knights were in first place, and then you know, it was the weird, it was supposed to be the three weeks off for the Olympics, but then they rearranged some games because the NHL players didn't go. And that's when the Knights kind of started to teeter. You know, they're at a higher uh, point total now than they were through those 54 games last year. And last year it was like they were just hanging on. 
it feels different. It feels like they're they're building momentum, that they are finding their game. And Bruce Cassidy talked about it um, recently. I guess it was a couple days ago where he talked about, you know, breaking the season into three parts, you know, finding the identity in the beginning of the season and then, you know, in the, the middle part of the season, experimenting. And then and down the stretch. dealing with things like injuries. Dealing with things yep. like injuries now down the stretch, getting to your game. And, boy, you would think that what we have seen over the last three games, the Knights have gotten to their game. Cause it's not even the results, and it's not even just the pucks falling, but it's the consistency in the three games, too, that I think is one of the most encouraging things. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's hard to get yourself ready for the postseason if you don't feel, as a team, as an individual, you've got a real contender. And I think that the Knights were struggling with their confidence in the middle of last season. You know, Jack Eichel was new. He has an injury to his hand after coming back from the surgery. You know, Mark Stone, of course, was in and out, didn't know the extent of his injury. The goaltending question was up in the air. There were a lot of question marks at this stage of the season last year. And, yes, the Knights are without Mark Stone. They are without Logan Thompson. But I think having been through that, uh, they've got a, a head coach who seems to have diagrammed all of this and laid it out pretty well that you can feel good about where the team is going and you know how often does that lead to good things playing with confidence often leads to greater success and yesterday may have been against a struggling Anaheim Ducks team but coming out of the all-star break the Golden Knights had the most difficult schedule in the West in terms of strength of schedule a game like yesterday is extremely important to not let slip as is this one on Thursday yeah because that's what happened right after Christmas where they lost in a shootout against the Ducks they did not come out ready to play they were trailing two nothing Adam Henrique had a couple of goals Vegas got a couple to tie and did get one standings point in a shootout loss but that was you know kind of the beginning of the teeter and and obviously they had struggled over the the several games afterward yeah like they didn't win that game now here's another one with the Sharks coming up and then a bigger opponent uh, with Tampa Bay then you go to Chicago and that's got to be two points in the bank but you would you would imagine that at the same time as you want to take care of the games you're supposed to win, you're like excited, and we brought it up with Aiden Hill, excited to go against the top tier teams like, for example, a Tampa Bay Lightning or a Dallas Stars, who right now has the number one spot in the Western Conference. And it's encouraging when you hear the goaltender talking, not even about the season, but in general, how much he likes to get up. He wants the moment. He wants the moment. He doesn't want the easy win. He yeah. wants the moment. He wants to make the big save, right? That, that You would hope for that. Yeah. And, and hey, Aiden's going to get the shot. I mean, Lauren Brossois is going to play some. We don't know exactly how long Logan Thompson will be unavailable, but you've got a couple of guys who've been around the National Hockey League before. It's a different circumstance where Logan Thompson was an unknown last year at the NHL level and was stepping in when either Brossois or Leonard could not play for whatever reason. You've got two guys who have the NHL experience. Now, it's not a lot of number one NHL starter experience, but they've been around this level. They are accomplished. And now they're in a position where they're competing with each other to a degree. Who's going to get more starts? Right now, it's going to be Aiden's net to lose because he's been here. Um, but Bruce Cassidy also said he wants to see Lauren Brossois. Has not seen him with the Golden Knights because he had been injured and, and obviously was not ready to take part in training camp, and you only get so much from watching somebody play on tape in the American League. And that internal competition certainly never hurts. We only have about a minute left, Dan, but we're just mm. going to do a quick around the horn. You're going to give me your initial reaction to some of this around the league news. Tarasenko and Nico Mikola to New York for a plethora of picks. Watch out for that Rangers here. Just beat Carolina. That, like, New York was struggling when it came to Vegas a couple of months ago. 
now. I mean, they might not be the Boston Bruins, but they could very well win their division, the Metro Division. We still don't have an update on Jacob Chikrin, who was a healthy scratch for trade-related reasons a couple days ago. They had his hold on all weekend. Yeah, could Timo Meyer's game against the Knights on Thursday be the last time we see him in a shark shooter form? Oh, and wouldn't that be something for Golden Knights fans? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It yeah. all comes full circle, Dan. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining me. Uh, another reminder to all the listeners out there, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Have to get that plug in because I think that people need all the help they can get with that. <laughs> in the meantime, this was nighttime at noon. We'll see you back next week after hopefully the Golden Knights have banked four more points. <laughs>